This call is now being recorded. Hello. Hey, Jacob. How are you doing, Justin? Oh, uh, hi. Uh, how's it going? Good, good, good. So, uh, it's a, a nice, warm morning. Strangely warm. It's very nice, except for the uh, little damp out there. But. Is there, um, is it ever a problem when, um, is the drainage good at Brook Park? Is there ever a yeah, problem the, when you have the drainage? Fine. It's just, uh, we've got a lot going on setting up for, we got Santa's trains right now, which we're setting up for. It starts on this Friday. And, uh, you know, some of the light displays react when it gets really damp out, but it's not too bad. Uh, is that just uh, a matter of, um, um, how insulated the cables are and such? No, it's just some of the GFIs because they're outdoors. Um, a lot uh, of these outlets have GFIs, so you just have to reset GFIs. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much, uh, Justin Pilas, Director of Facilities and Grounds at Wood Park, for agreeing to be on Northampton Podcast. And uh, I, I'm, I mostly wanted to ask you about the, um, I think it's called the Winter Wonderland light display, right? Correct. Yeah, we call it Winter Wonderland. Correct. Winter Wonderland. So, um, how long have you been the director of facilities and grounds? I've only I've only been here roughly two years. Uh, it's my mm-hmm. second year, and um, uh, this is the first, obviously, the first uh, Winter Wonderland with snow. So it it uh, it's a little different than when there's no snow like last year. When when do you start bringing out the lights? So basically, we begin to pull all the displays out right after uh, um, Halloween. It's mm-hmm. uh, we have a haunted train ride. We call it the haunted train ride, and some of the light displays we put out for a haunted train ride come down, and then we bring out the Halloween, uh, the Christmas stuff, and we start putting that up. It takes roughly the whole month of November to put it all up. So you're. How many displays are there about? Uh, there's uh, roughly 40 displays, uh, give and take a few small, uh, you know, wooden cutouts and some small lighted uh, areas, uh, like candles in the windows and stuff like that, but uh, roughly 40 displays. How, where do they live uh, during the rest of the year? So uh, when we take them down after the new year, we'll, we'll be storing them, and we have a, a metal fabricated building uh, up by our shop, and we stack them in there. Um, which is always a challenge because we we're running out of space. Is the shop is is that where um, where you're not supposed to go um, to the um, to the side of the it's at Look Park, right? It's just yes, correct. So the, it's basically on our premises, but it's it's right next to our administration building. It's behind it, and there's a series of um, outbuildings with um, you know the metal outbuildings that we we store mm-hmm. all the product in. So. And so it's basically every day. Pulling something out and setting it up. Yeah, and you know, basically it takes the whole month, you know, to wire it. To, you know, we have these electrical mm-hmm. boxes throughout the park, and we have to hook them up to those. And uh, you know, getting a bucket truck for some of the fixtures that are high up. Um, uh, there's some series of uh, 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 snowflakes on the lamp poles that we have to put mm-hmm. up, and those require bucket trucks. So you've been there for two years. Um, have the lights changed at all year to year? Uh, we haven't built any new fixtures in the last two years. What we're, our goal is in the next two years is to convert everything to LED. Um, mm-hmm. Right now, roughly half of our displays are LED, 
and um, you know it's a little, it's expensive to convert from um, you know um, the conventional to um, LED, but um, in the end you, you you make up for the cost and the, the longevity of them are a lot longer. The incandescents um, they're a painted fixture, and the the coating on the the bulb tends to after two years wear, wear away. So then you end up mm-hmm. with a partially lit colored light, mm-hmm. and then the other part's white. So mm-hmm. so we'd like to convert the remaining into uh, LED before we start a new fixture. The LEDs are are whatever color they're supposed to be, red, green, blue. Yeah, the, right. the, the plastic is the color, so it's not like it's mm-hmm. a coating. They don't wear off, and they last a lot longer. When you... Uh, when you get up close to the to the light displays, is it is it clear which ones are older than other ones? Um, yeah, I mean it's clear to me, but I think um, <laughs> maybe the I think the park goer would realize which ones are LED. They're just a lot more. They're brighter. Um, mm-hmm. They're clear. They're a lot mm-hmm. more bright. That's for sure. And uh, they're just clear. And uh, um, the older ones are again the a little bit more difficult to see, especially from the distance. But do the um, is the construction of the um, the actual you know wood and is it is it does it feel homemade or yes. fabricated? So, so we actually make our own. Uh, uh-huh. You can purchase uh, these fixtures from a, a wholesaler, a holiday light display wholesaler, and that's where we buy our bulbs and our hardware to, mm-hmm. to build these. Uh, but basically, all it is is a, a rebar frame, and mm-hmm. you, you bend it to according to the, you know, the picture of whatever you want it to mm-hmm. to be, and then we wire it and zip tie all the wires to the, um, you know, the, the fixture, and then you, you add the bulb. So it's not difficult to make, you know, coming up with the concept and uh, drawing it to scale on the, you know, we, we do it on the asphalt outside our shop mm-hmm. and then we we bend the metal and weld it and but and honestly you know to purchase it's very costly some you know some of these go from two thousand dollars to buy them to you know twenty plus thousand dollars wow. um, our average cost for a fixture might be between four and five thousand you know for us to make it you're looking mm-hmm. at a third of that cost mm-hmm. so we're you know, we can make a display for within a thousand dollars versus three or four. Um, our biggest display is the castle, and that's all LED. Uh, the castle would be if we were to purchase that, roughly twenty five thousand. So, wow, it does save to make our own. That's for sure. Well, what you were saying that uh, this is the first time that you've done it. Uh, you put them out in the snow. Um, is that is that does that create difficulties besides just getting to the spots? Yeah, just getting to uh, it. Um, you know, they sit on a metal frame which supports mm-hmm. you know the, the vertical structure, and uh, you know a lot of times we in the beginning we we throw out the frames to begin with, and then we bring out the fixtures and put them on. So when there's snow on the ground, it's sometimes hard to navigate where the fixtures are mm-hmm. versus the pedestals. So it just makes it a little bit more difficult. So. so. Mm-hmm. Are there any? And then, um, wrong, and then when things go wrong, you got to trudge through this, you know, a foot of snow, which isn't always pleasant. Because the um, the the, um, the ground fault, um, they're they're out there with the displays. They're not in some. Yeah, central. some of these displays are, you know, you know, a few hundred feet from the road. So. <laughs> yeah, they're not all by the uh, road. 
Uh, you know, one of them is um, in the in the middle of the lake, right? Or the not the lake, the little pond by the by the entrance. Um, no, there's nothing in water. Uh huh. You drive in into the park, uh, right by the ranger booth to the left is yeah. We call it Swan Pond. That is, uh, yes. there's a couple of ducks in some uh, cattails. And yeah, that, that displays on the bank. It's it's on the opposite side uh-huh. of the bank, so it's really not in the okay. water, but it looks close to it. Yeah, I think. And then, and then by the sanctuary. sanctuary. So. Yeah, and then by the sanctuary, which is the other body of water. That's the major scene, but that's all on land as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the major scene is pretty complicated. A lot of pieces to it. Um, yeah, there's a lot of. Yeah. Oh no, go ahead. No, it's a lot of pieces, but they're all singular pieces um, that are you know that are not attached together. Um, actually, that's probably my favorite scene um, of the whole park, just because when you're coming down the hill, you, you kind of overlook it. And the um, the sanctuary itself kind of makes a good fitting major scene. So. Oh yeah. I I, I wonder. Um, well, how, how when you're setting something like, like some of them are easy. Some of them don't really. It doesn't really matter exactly where they are. Uh, but something like the like the manger scene. Do you feel like you're um, sort of figuring it out again each time exactly where each piece should go? No, I mean, we sometimes mix them up, just to make uh-huh. it a little different. Um, you know, we might put the donkey across the way, the camel across the way, or, uh, you know, mm-hmm. obviously Mary and Joseph and the baby are right underneath <laughs> all the time. But, you mm-hmm. know, you might switch it up a little bit, but the animals and, and the kings are basically, you know, they move around. They don't always stay in the same spot year after year. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that fun, or does it just feel like work? No, well, it's fun. Well, it's work, but it's fun to mix it up a little bit. And, uh, you know, it's a slower time of season because mm-hmm. everything else is closed. So really just focusing on fixtures and displays is is, is not a bad thing. Do you ever get, um, have you ever gotten feedback of any sort about particular lights? Oh, yeah, of course. We always get someone saying, oh, this one looks like it's out or something wrong with the timer, you know, a lot of the park goers who, you know, are regulars um, are very willing to give their feedback day after day. So, <laughs> uh, but, you know, it's good. It's good. At least they're paying attention as well. I was wondering, like, the one of my favorite ones is um, um, Santa's um, boots kicking back and forth uh, at yes. the top of the chimney. I was wondering if you ever get any criticism of that one. Uh, well... <laughs> As of last week, we had issues with that one, which is funny you say. But um, we've had uh, these, these are on a delay switch. These, you know, what makes them rotate back and forth? Yeah, is, is basically a switch inside the electrical box, which causes mm-hmm. the delay. And <clears throat> we had a bad switch. So, uh, and it wasn't such that it was just okay, just replace the switch. It was some wiring that went to the switch got mixed up, and so so it made it a little bit more difficult. Uh, to figure out the, the the problem behind it, but um, for a while there was only two legs were going up, but they weren't rotating back and forth, or there was four <laughs> legs sticking up. So we finally got it fixed, uh, you know, a week ago, and, and it's back to normal. But um, that one always seems to be a little issue. Now, now the sea monster is there for Halloween as well, right? Correct. That's the first one we bring out, so that's always the last one we put in. 
and mm-hmm. into storage. And uh, that one goes out for Honda Train. Uh, and uh, mm-hmm. that stays out until uh, right after the new year. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're the director of facilities and grounds, which when I think about Look Park, I feel like everything is facility and grounds. <laughs> yeah. yeah, basically. I mean, it's, it's all of, uh, when you think about it, it's all of the bathrooms, it's the uh, all the sites, it's the garden house, it's the Pines Theater. Um, you know, a lot of our job is not just doing grounds work such as mowing and trimming and, and all that. It's a lot of setup for weddings at the Pines Theater, the sanctuary, the garden house. We tear down those weddings and clean up after them. Um, you know, and then there's cleaning up the sites and the bathrooms day after day during the busy season. And so it's it's a very uh, broad uh, um, range <laughs> of duties, but it's it's good. It makes it it makes it for a you know a busy day. Do you- so do you have a kind of um, a quiet time from January to May? Yeah, the, the, the quietest period of time would be right after we take down these displays, which is early mm-hmm. January, right after the new year. And then uh, we'll have some, you know, breathing room from there to, um, you know, end of March. And then it gets busy mm-hmm. again. What is your um, history with Northampton? I grew up here in Northampton. I... Um, you know, I, I grew up at the park a lot with my grandfather. We'd visit the park at least three times a week. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, that's my my just, uh, introduction to the park. And then as I uh, I had a business and uh, did that for 16 years as a landscape contractor. And uh, during those 16 years, I, uh, you know, volunteered and donated uh, time and money to the park. So I've got even closer and more familiar with the park as well uh, during the, that period of time. So, so uh, you feel, um, does it feel special to be, you know, officially working as part of the park? Yeah. It's, just you know, it's, it's funny. It's, it's a, it's, it's, it's a big difference working here than working for myself. You know, the, mm-hmm. uh, um, <clears throat> It's it's just different the different stress levels, uh, you know, focusing on one property, not you know many different properties, uh, mm-hmm. not you know there's one customer, not many different customers. Uh, it, mm-hmm. It's it's a, it's a different vibe and feeling, but it's it's very rewarding. What you know, did I ever think I'd be working at the park? You know, when I was a kid playing around in the structure, no. <laughs> but it's uh, you know it's a good feeling and, and it's a great community to work here uh, with all the the people and staff are, are, are people to work with. I would think that uh, it's a similar amount of work um, having one giant um, uh, grounds to take care of versus, you know, having a bunch of different clients. Yeah, I, I guess the the noise level's a, a lot less because you're, you, you know, <laughs> you're, you're building upon a list day after day. But mm-hmm. you know you're you're in charge of that list, whereas you know when you have you know forty fifty customers calling you day after day, you know you never know what to expect. So it's it's a little different. Um, it's hard to explain unless you've been a contractor or owned a business. But it's um, it's uh, a little bit more manageable. Let's put it that way. Yeah, you're um, you're more um, you're not juggling. Things that are outside of your control. You're only juggling things that are more or less in your control. 
Exactly. And, you know, things always happen. A tree falls here. If something goes wrong with, you know, uh, one of the buildings and you, you got to react to it. But it's, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's different when it's one property and you're not running around to Long Meadow to Amherst to, you know, to deal with those problems. Um, is the, the winter on Wonderland, um, is that related to the, uh, Santa's trains or are they pretty separate? Well, uh, Winter Wonderland started back in year 2000, um, mm-hmm. and the Santa's Trains is only about 10 years old. So this was, mm-hmm. this was, uh, Santa's Trains was just an afterthought. They wanted to give back to the community, um, was a way to, uh, utilize the garden house during a, a slow time of year. And, uh, so basically, Santa's Trains will begin this Friday and go till mm-hmm. the 23rd. Uh, it's free for all visitors. Um, there is a charge for a hay ride if, if the kids wanted to go on a hay ride around the park. Uh, it's a wagon ride. And mm-hmm. uh, that is a $5 uh, fee. Two and under are free. And mm-hmm. uh, basically, I don't know if you've been to Santa's Trains, but it's uh, uh, you, you walk into the garden house and it's a um, remote-controlled uh, train setups throughout the, you know, the main um, floor there. And there's sand in the corner, and uh, they have different tree displays around the, the periphery of it. And uh, it's pretty neat, and there's a lot of people come for that. And it's great. It's a great event for, for the kids. Not only do I know Santa's trains, but actually, I know one of the elves, personally. Uh, so. <laughs> we have a lot of elves come and go. And, uh, well, we have all, every night is different volunteers. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the elves are the elves, but the the volunteers for Santa's trains change and it's good because it brings the community together. We have, you know, one night will be people's bank and another night will be Cooley Dickinson and, and these people will, will come in and help with the, um, uh, donate their time for the, uh, uh, the setup and, and just help with, uh, you know, the train displays. Mike, I have three kids and my kids are also there. There's, I'm always surprised by how preoccupied they are by all the, um, sponsored, uh, themed Christmas trees. Yeah, no, it's great. And, and right now, actually, as we speak, you know, that's what we're doing, setting up those trees, mm-hmm. decorating them, putting the toppers on the top. And, um, you know, it takes a good uh, week to set that all up. And uh, the train displays are being put together as we speak right now. And, and uh, every little detail, is, you know, takes time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, the reason why I wanted to talk to you was because when my kids were little, mm-hmm. um, they're now... Um, in sixth grade and third grade and and kindergarten, so they're not super little anymore. But when they were really little, there were days where we would just have dinner, and then I'm like, "What am I going to do with these little kids?" And I would just drive down the street to Look Park, take them through the lights, um, give my little donation, and um, like it was just a, a lifesaver. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean it's it's great it's great for the community. It's close. It's you know it's easy to come and go. It's not like Bright Nights, which is a great display, but you got to drive through it. It takes time to get there, and you know, the, you know, it's not like a five minute. You know, you go through it, and you drive home, and, and you're home. It's, you know, it, it's something you got to plan for. And uh, this is nice because you can just, you know, walk out the door, get in your car, go through the park. Uh, if you wanted to go see Santa during Santa's trains, you can do that quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's really accessible, which is great, and that's what we, you know, that's our intent. Bright Lights, that's in um, Springfield, right? 
Correct. That is. Yeah. Yeah, I've never been, but I have heard that it is quite a to-do to get down there. And there's, you know, like a line and... Yeah. Um, I went the yeah. first year it was started and it took us about two hours to get in. It's <laughs> <laughs> not like that anymore, but, it, 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 you know, the first year it was uh, very difficult to get in. So are there... Um, if it weren't for the Winter Wonderland and Santa's Trains, you basically wouldn't be doing much um, at this time of yeah. year. It'd be very slow for us. Um, you know, <laughs> during the winter months, we do work on equipment. Um, you know, we do some planning for, uh, you know, our, our scheduling for uh, different events and uh, uh, different landscape projects and, and planning for those. But, um, yeah, it would be a slower time of year if we didn't have Santa's Trains and Winter Wonderland. What was surprising to you when you when you um, started two years ago when you really got into this job? Um, what aspect of it was um, not what you were not what you would have guessed? Um, I'm not sure I was taken by surprise by anything in particular. I think um, you know I, I, I think the only thing that I would say is that there's a lot of moving parts to you know even a, a simple park like the park. There's just a lot of infrastructure. There's a lot of um, you know, when you think of underground lines and power and, and drainage and, and wells and well water that runs throughout our park, and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there's, there's a lot to it that, you know, only experience will teach you. And, uh, and yeah. you know, every day is a new day and every day I learn something different. And, um, you know, it's a very complex park, um, you know, uh, other than what you see, there's just a lot of complexity behind it. Do you, are you, um, is it within your, um, um, within your job to deal with the paddle boats, pedal boats and the train and the, the, um, mini golf and the tennis courts and, um, maintaining those facilities as well? Yes, that's, that's all part of the, uh, the whole thing. So, uh, mini golf we just redid this spring, um, or, sorry, this fall, we redid we, we it. Uh, we tore up a lot of the plant material around it. We installed mm-hmm. a new uh, new turf. And, um, you know, this spring we'll have to do a little tweaking here and there. But, you know, by, uh, um, you know, late May, that'll all be ready for the new season. And uh, paddle boats, you know, we're looking to try to replace a couple paddle boats this year. Um you know, as, you know, they all age over time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the train, train is relatively new. That's uh, like three years old. Mm-hmm. But all of that falls within uh, facilities and grounds, and um, every day we have to deal with it at least some point, you know. And, uh, no, it's all good. It keeps us keeps us really busy. Yeah, this seems like a really big job. I mean, I'm just thinking about all the – there's so many bridges just like those little bridges in the park. Never mind. <laughs> well, a lot, um, a lot of you know between all the bridges, like you said, the picnic tables, the trash, um, the playgrounds. You know, going through the playground and making sure all the nuts and bolts are tightened and, and the slides are you know secure and and all that. The swings are are safely secured and, and you know it's just it, it keeps you on your toes. Do you have to physically go around the park and, and check things out? Yeah, yeah. I, I try to go through 
every morning, um, you know, you get in, you do a drive around, make sure there's nothing that looks like it's, you know, a tree's fallen here or, um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's, you know, you look at the bridges, look at the playgrounds, um, try to do a, a weekly inspection on the playgrounds just to make sure everything looks good. Um, yeah. And that's, mm-hmm. you know, the train track and the constant look at that and grease the train track and every day. And, um, yeah, there's a lot to do. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much for all your work. Um, can, if, if, um, where should people find out, um, if they, um, want to find specific information about events at Look Park with the website? So the website's, uh, lookpark.org, or mm-hmm. you can go onto our Facebook page, uh, Look Memorial Park Facebook page, mm-hmm. and you can see all the events, upcoming events there. Um, but you can always resort to, uh, our website, which is, uh, lookpark.org. Okay. Well, thank you so much, uh, Justin Pilas, Director of Facilities and Grounds at Look Park. Um, and, um, thank you so much for talking with me. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Have a great day. I'm Jake, I'm Jacob Dukowski. This is Northampton Podcast. Um, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Just, uh, steer your browser to northamptonpodcast.com to find out more. And thanks for listening, Northampton.